Welcome everybody to Wrestling Is Cool, the coolest wrestling podcast on the planet. I'm joined today from Michael from Suplex Media. We are still on our world tour, bringing in new guest hosts and Suplex Media. Michael, how how do how do I address you during this show? We Michael, we Suplex Media. What are we feeling? Yeah, yeah. Just address me as Michael, man. That's what that's what my mother calls me. It's what everybody calls me. So you can call me that too. Sounds good. Uh, why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself? Because what I know about you is you have some history working in the world of professional wrestling. A little bit of OVW, if I'm not mistaken. So I'd love to uh, for you to share a little bit about your experience in the wrestling world. Sure. Yeah. Much like everybody else, I especially people in the wrestling business. I started out as a fan of professional wrestling. I'm talking about, you know, I had the action figures. I had a life size, uh, basically a wrestling doll that was a, a giant turkey. But lack of a, for I'd save that for another time. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Had, no, you can't save the giant turkey for I another mean, time. I, I, I so a quick story. Then one day I come home from. I had to be in second first grade something of that my mother has found a turkey that's the same height of a first and third between a first and a third grader i mean it's it's identical size to me it's full arms legs looks like the gobbledygooker dressed as a pilgrim and i wrestled with that thing uh, until an age that i'm not very comfortable saying 27 um up until then and i i got to say i put myself over as the booker of my uh, of my of bedroom fed I, I was champ you know had to be yeah the but, the, uh, the the turkey was a jobber that's out right. there that's, out there putting you over that's right um but no i grew up in i grew up in louisville kentucky home of ovw so went to ovw a lot as a kid um as a lot of people do with the professional wrestling business i got out of it in my teens and then got back into it in my i guess early 20s uh, at that time i was doing photography for our local university and uh my girlfriend at the time now my wife's uh i was saying you know i really want to like go shoot photos of pro wrestling she's like just call OVW and ask him if you can go shoot photos. I was like, okay, so fine. So long story short, I go to OVW, take photos. And I talked to one of the guys there named Cornbread. And he says, that's course, That's a great Southern wrestling name is uh, Cornbread. So anyways, talked to him and I, he said, we need camera operators. You know how to work a camera. Can you work a camera? I said, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So I started working on the TV show a few months, about one or two months in to me operating camera at OVW. The, uh, the director quit. He had another gig. He was out. Al Snow was the director, or was the producer at the time, and I asked him. You know, everybody remember Al Snow? You know, everybody wants, of course, <laughs> everybody wants that. Well, uh, long story short, I told Al. I said, "Hey, give me one episode. Just let me direct one episode. If it sucks, you never. I will. I won't bother you about it ever again. But like worst case scenario." It's one episode. We don't really have anybody for next week anyway. So he says, okay, fine, sure. You can have one episode. End of the episode, I look up at Al. And, and keep in mind, like, I've never touched a switchboard in my life at this point. Like, I've always had a camera in my hand my whole life. But, like, I'm in a whole new realm. Quick learning situation. Quick took five, ten minutes to learn it. Finish the show, look up at Al. And he goes, great. We'll see you next week. And <laughs> next week turned into five years. And so I went uh, directing, writing, uh, producing, and editing uh, OVW for about five years, from 2010 through about 2015. 
That's a wild crash course from uh, sure kid to okay. Yeah, you got the job for for the next five years. That's a pretty cool experience. Is there any names in the in professional wrestling today that uh, more casual fans uh, or the super hardcore listeners of wrestling is cool that might recognize uh, that you worked with in OVW? So I think the yeah, of course, I think the biggest one that I see on a weekly base or not a weekly base, but a good amount on television is Ruby Soho. At the time, mm. she was Heidi Lovelace. Uh, she was from she's just a little bit north of us in Indiana. So she would come down there. So she wrestled with us before she went to Chikara. So uh, met her absolutely lovely human being. I mean, one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, Pardon me. Sam Shaw as well. Uh, Sam Shaw was there back in, so Sam Shaw, I guess he's Dexter Loomis now. There you go. Uh, so Dexter Loomis was there back when he was a surfer boy and not so much, uh, whatever he is, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever that now, is where he's at, um, uh, but worked hand in hand a lot with Al Snow. If you, uh, if you remember the attitude, if you're old enough to remember the attitude era, like us, you saw him as the European champion. He used to come out representing different European countries. He dresses Liechtenstein or Transylvania <laughs> and all that good stuff. Um, crazy, crazy. Oh, what happened there? We lost your camera. We lost your camera. Hey, while you fix that, I'll take over here. Uh, folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wrestling is Cool. If you're watching this on YouTube, just know that you could be getting this three days early over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Zap. We'd appreciate you for you just to go check it out. And you're going to get more than the Wrestling is Cool podcast. You're going to get the Raw reviews, SmackDown reviews. The NXT reviews are also going up there in the monthly mailbag. So for a couple extra bucks a month, you would get even more wrestling content. And of course, you don't have to watch us on YouTube. If you want to drive around with the Wrestling is Cool podcast, you can also listen to us over on Spotify or Apple Podcast Services or any sort of podcast service around the globe. We've got a good show for you today. We've got a couple of topics that we're going to be hitting here. The first one, uh, Michael, is we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on over the last couple of weeks. Seth, Seth Rollins becoming Super Seth Rollins, the Jinder Mahal drama that turned him into uh, a megastar overnight, it seems. that just uh, Tony Khan is got to be a little bit crazy. <laughs> I may I had this tweet go semi-viral that even got Randy Orton to like it and follow me on Twitter, where I said that I don't ever want to hear anyone ever say that Tony Khan doesn't make any superstars, that all he does is buy them. Because today he made a superstar out of Jinder Mahal. When you were seeing all of this play out on Twitter, Tony Khan, you know, tweeting without a PR team as usual, seeing all of this backlash that he's getting. The love that Jinder Mahal got uh, from not just other wrestlers, but from wrestling fans. To me, I felt like, how do I explain this? You know, like if you've got like this group of friends, you know, you're, you're all buddy buddies and you have that one friend in your group that you all bully, you all make fun of them because that's your buddy. That's your friend. Yeah. But then if somebody else outside of your friend group tries to bully them or make fun of them, you all step up for them, right? I feel right. like that was the Jinder Mahal situation. Like, no, 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 no. You can't hinder Jinder. We for <laughs> we get to hinder Jinder because that's just what we do. But Tony Khan, you're not allowed to, to hinder Jinder. So I want to hear like mm -hmm. kind of first thoughts when you saw all of that play out over on Twitter. <laughs> first of all, the, my very first thought about this, when I see Tony Khan doing this, I think immediately, yeah, dude, he's one of us. He is a wrestling nerd because he's out here making tweets like this. Like you're, you're a billionaire. you co-run a football team you got you got a book 
one, two, three, four, five uh, wrestling shows this week. Buddy, put the phone down just for a second. Like, I need you to focus on what you're doing. But he, he is a wrestling nerd through and through. But the one the thing about gender, I, I think Tony, you know, the, Randy's tweet about not making any, or the tweet you're saying didn't make any stars. For a split second, everyone believed last night. And that's one of the cool things about wrestling. Like, if if this tweet didn't happen, oh, my God, could you tell me that you would – nothing against the two guys, but a, a foregone conclusion, Seth versus gender? Yeah, what Tony said was right. Like, why does he have a chance? This doesn't make any sense. It seems like a foregone conclusion. But because Tony made that tweet, everyone just for a second was like, what if they did it? Yeah. Like, what? What it, if? <laughs> It got to the point so much so, and something that I think is so cool about wrestling is like the fandom depends. It, there's levels to it. You know, there's people who just like the product and watch it and talk about it. There's people who go in depth. And then there's people who get fireworks intel that WWE has scheduled to get more pyro today for this event. And it's like, okay, where do you get this information? And and what are you like? How How long have you looked? And you're like, no, they're not getting more pyro. But you get that intel this time. You're like, Ginger's going to win. Ginger's going to win it. And, and it just permeates. It just permeates this fandom. And I saw posts about Ginger Mahal all over social media, all over Reddit, all positive things. And you're just like, I, 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 okay, I guess people love Ginger. I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. People are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's our punching bag. Yeah. Easy there. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you, th- I think you kind of alluded to it. Do you think that that belief wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for the Tony Khan antics. Do you believe that? Well, first of all, I want to say, I don't think the little rock crowd and I try to warn people. I'm like, guys, us loving gender on Twitter isn't, isn't necessarily going to translate <laughs> on television. You have to realize that I don't necessarily want to call the people that go to these shows casuals, but you have to assume that a good chunk of these people aren't nerds that are glued to Twitter, reading wrestling news, reading dirt sheets. They're just fans of the product that they get to see on TV. So when I saw people on Twitter complaining that like, oh my goodness, where's the pop for gender? I was never expecting a pop, Um, but there, there was the contingency of people online that believed. Do you feel that there would have been any of that without the Tony Khan tweet? No, I, and it's nothing against gender. I think he is, what he's done with his body, first of all, he's transformed himself. He has gone from, you know, the infamous gif of him playing the uh, snake charming Santino's Cobra. I will not, I will not let you badmouth that. that that's, no, no, no. that's classic. That is classic I, gender. It is classic gender, but I, <laughs> what I'm saying is, that character yeah. is gone. Look at him now. Like he, he looks like when he won against Randy Orton, when he won the title, everyone was shocked. But why? He looks credible. He can move in the ring. I mean, the guy's money on the mic in multiple languages. So I, it's hard for me to say that it wouldn't got the hype, but there's something intrinsically in me that says if I was looking at this and it was Jinder Mahal versus Seth, Rollins and no one had made a tweet about it. I don't think we would have talked about it. And yeah. that's and that's kind of the funny thing about wrestling. You did mention one, Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. No, no, I just say one funny the funny thing about wrestling is is that belief. Because there why would the if we look at this 10,000 foot view, the guy came out the week before bad mouth uh America, The Rock came out, made fun of his genitals and now he has a title shot. Well, 
okay, why that guy's not going to win. He's a bad guy, and he got treated like a chump by The Rock. Unless The Rock's going to come out and kick his butt next, but I don't think that's going to happen. But because of the tweet, we all just said, we threw our logic out the window for a moment, and that's a great part about wrestling sometimes. You can throw that logic out, and you're just like, maybe they'll do something funny here. It could be fun. Yeah, I mean, it would have been good for the memes. You mentioned that uh, this aura, this look about gender, and I couldn't agree more when he was making his way to the ring and they did like the really cool camera shot of the up close, uh, the the close shot of him and then the camera pans out and it shows the, the other members of In This Chair. I'm like, oh, snap. Like he still has that aura that he had back in 2017 when for when he came out with his entrance with the with the CGI carpet underneath him that was so cool. Uh, he does have this really weirdly captivating presence about him, even though, you know, he has he has this rhetoric, this history of being a jobber, but. Yeah, man, like he weirdly enough, he is kind of the prototypical package of somebody that you'd see in the WWE. So I'm curious, uh, Michael, when, you know, when we see this meme of, 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 of Jinder Mahal rising to the top for this episode of Monday Night Raw, putting on a pretty fun performance to boot. Is this a one-off or is this a potentially a renaissance for Jinder Mahal where he becomes a more regular player in the upper mid card? I think this is a great opportunity for him. I, I don't think there's one person who didn't buy the briefcase shot into the Coloss. I think Seth kicked out a little quick for it. That's personal opinions aside. I, I bought a ticket to that. I, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, they're going to do it. Dude, the world it, stood it, still. It stood it still for a second. And and you, and that moment you you just mentioned it. It's the world stood still. I still got a chill in my back thinking about that moment because that shows you right there. Gender's a star. He just is because if you can elicit that kind of emotions out of somebody, even somebody who who has watched wrestling for forever. I mean, even the most jaded wrestling fan in that moment could have been like, okay, I I believe gender. I would buy him winning. And I, that means I would buy him at any level in this product. There's, I think gender, the star, the sky is the limit for him. Um, I'm not sure how old he is. He's he 37. Seems, like that to me is wrestling yeah. prime. That's wrestling prime. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Give, I, you know what? I would love to see him and Gunther tear it up. I think those two, I put him in there and let's see what happens. I mean, I mean, if gender, gender's the one who, let's just take it to the, that max. Let's take it to gender goes to dethrone Walter after his historic reign, I don't think that belt's decreased in value at all. I think gender, I think he's a star. Dude, I, are, you, are, you, are you putting it out there? Are you putting it out into this world? I am. Gender dethroning Gunther? I, right. I, I need you to know that this is going to be seen by thousands of people. Are you putting your stamp of approval on gender dethroning Gunther right now? I think so. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. And I'm I think bold. I love I love the boldness here. I think that and I don't here's the thing. I think gender has had a great upside. I think um, and this is something that uh, I've had discussions about. I think his title run in 2017 was a little bit of stunt booking. Unfortunately, WWE had just had a giant media deal in India. It, it was just it all lined up perfectly. Great. Perfect. Love that. I want to see him go out there and be ruthless. I want him, he has that in him. Don't, like, his face, like, the way his face, he can make his face just contort, like, he looks evil. I bet he's the nicest person in the world. But, like, 
I believe that him and Gunther and Gunther, I think they both have that same killer instinct, which could or could not. It, it could be transitional to say, you know, hey, they're both kind of similar. This is kind of the same thing. But I want to see I want to see gender more in the upper mid card. I do. I think he's money. Yeah, I, they kind of alluded to him maybe going to SmackDown with Nick Aldis saying, hey, SmackDown's the land of opportunity. If you ever want a chance, come over here. I, I feel like he's better off on Raw personally in terms of like the more time. It, it's it's less crowded right now in terms of like that mid-card, upper mid-card scene because SmackDown is just a mess right now with just, in a good mess, I should clarify, uh, with sure. how jam-packed it is right now in that like upper mid-card uh, main event scene. You mentioned something there uh, that I want to go back to. You mentioned Seth Rollins maybe kicking out a little bit too early. Maybe the symptoms of what the internet is dubbing as Super Seth. Seth Rollins getting his ass handed to him and through all odds still coming out on top. Ow, my back hurts. It's broken. Nakamura destroys his back. Keeps getting up at nine, right? That I feel like that's when Super Seth started becoming, not necessarily to me, but to a contingency of fans, as a frustratingly booked champion, maybe looking a little bit too strong. So before we kind of jump into the, the Super Seth conversation, what are your overall thoughts of Seth Rollins as a champion in his current reign as World Heavyweight Champion? So to me, Seth has been exactly what this belt has needed from the start. I think he's been a tremendous inaugural champion. I think that he has gone out. He's defended it not only on television, but at house shows. Um, I think it said somewhere he's defended 60 times since he's won it, whether that's on house shows or not. I think that's great. I think that brings recognition to that belt. I think that Seth might have taken this belt as high as he can possibly get it right now. And, and that's not a shot at Seth. This is a new title with, d depending on what you follow and what you believe, it's it has no lineage. It has the other WCW lineage. It's all kind of wibbly-wobbly. Uh, but I think he's made that belt something to fight for. And I like that. And, and I think that Seth is, the, is a great person for that. I think he's, it shows, I guess it shows how important he is to professional wrestling, and especially WWE, that they gave him this belt and they said, you got to go make this thing. So, but Seth as a champion, perfect for what they have needed up until this point. No doubt. Now, obviously, online fans are a vocal minority, big time mm -hmm. vocal minority. We like to believe that we are the barometer of how wrestling fans feel, but it's, uh, uh, spoiler, it's just not the case. And I think, no. like I said, we saw it with Little Rock. They didn't pop for gender, even though we everyone everyone online was, was, was okay. First of all, these gender fan names, the transgenders, where are you guys coming up with these? The internet, you guys are crazy. You guys are wild. I, I prefer the transgenders more than the Mahalesters. Y'all are crazy. The, the, the whole Lexus King thing, the, lex, the oh. lectural offenders has just started a, a different genre of wrestling fan names. I wonder if there's like meetings that they're having now and they're like, hey, uh, it does cost money for us to trademark these names. Uh, speaking of which, if you're one of the crazy fans like me, you can go check the U.S. Patent Office for WWE trademarks and see what names are coming down the pipe. But I'm saying that because I met there's somebody somewhere that they got to hire someone from the wrestling fan and be like, hey, what terrible nickname could you think for this? And they're <laughs> just like, if if 
if they had done that, if they had sent it out to like, you know, a, a small group of fans and someone had wrote registered Lex offenders <laughs> on a piece of paper, they'd be like, they would just tear that name up and be like, no, back to the drawing board. Sorry, Pillman Jr. We got to come up with a new name. <laughs> But it's, uh, it's crazy. I think it's just it's just the out of pocketness that fans can be. And it's 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 funny and it's it's meant to make you laugh. It's meant to make you have fun. And I think that it does bring a levity to a otherwise what can be an over serious fan base. Absolutely. Uh, over so, serious uh, is a good way to put it for sure. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's just fun. Bit of fun. Yeah. Well, I, I got a sidetrack there with the whole conversation about the transgenders. So let's let's get back into things. This episode of Wrestling is Cool is sponsored by Factor. Factor is America's number one ready to eat meal delivery service that sends delicious meals right to your door. And we're talking like delicious, like chef made meals, nothing like frozen or lazy. Because if you're anything like me, then meal prepping has probably been a huge headache for you. I mean, at least it has been for me and I've been able to completely get that off of my list. Also for me personally, I've been on a weight loss journey and Factor has helped in that tremendously because I'm not ordering bad food in the middle of the night because there's always delicious ready-made meals right in my fridge that were delivered right to my door. Because I'm trying to lose weight, I always order from their calorie smart options, which are meals that are 550 calories or less. But they've got different types of meals for everyone. If you want meals with a lot of protein, they got options. If you want meals that are vegan or vegetarian, they've got options there to cover you as well. This is one of those sponsors that I I can personally vouch that they have significantly improved this aspect of my life. And because they're sponsoring the show, you can head over to factormeals.com slash Santi50 and use code Santi50 to get 50% off. That's code Santi50 at factormeals.com slash Santi50 to get 50% off your first box. Once you do that, you'll be well on your way to having delicious ready-made meals delivered right to your door. Thank you to Factor for sponsoring Wrestling is Cool now. Oh, back to the episode. What I was going to ask you is why do you think that this portion of online fans are starting to go sour grapes on Seth Rollins, whether it's because he's being booked too strong in my opinion. And I don't think I can necessarily say this about gender. My opinion was that they were giving title opportunities to the guy that was almost there. They gave the first title opportunity to Finn Balor. And he had a great story, great narrative, a better narrative than the face champion, Seth Rollins, of the seven years of agony. You stole my opportunity. You stole my place where you are where I'm supposed to be. And then they go to Nakamura, the guy that we all feel they fumbled tremendously on. So, of course, we're like, oh, my goodness, they're finally treating Nakamura like how we wanted him to treat him. Of course, he becomes a super cool heel, and now people want Nakamura to win. Drew McIntyre, he's right. He didn't get to celebrate in front of anybody anybody when he was champion. He did carry the company during its worst, you know, outlook imaginable during the pandemic. And yeah, the bloodline did screw him over. I do yeah. want Drew McIntyre to win. Funnily enough, I felt like the Jinder Mahal title opportunity was the WWE saying, okay, we need to build up Seth. With, with these hardcore fans, get them ready for, for CM Punk. We need to get people to root for Seth. And of course, who's going to root for Jinder Mahal? No one's going to root for Jinder Mahal. In comes Tony Khan and completely ruins that, com that entire narrative. So everyone that 
Seth has faced off against at the very least from like that vocal minority people have been wanting to see win that big one that to me is part of the narrative as to why people are getting tired or or maybe are a little upset that Seth Rollins keeps winning I don't necessarily fall into that category I'm with you I think he's a great champion I think he's done great things for that belt but Mm -hmm. I will say I get it and two I think that the super booking of Seth Rollins hasn't done him any favors in terms of endearing himself as, um, I don't know, as a, as a at fighting champion is not the right word as a, as a champion that's overcoming the odds. I actually think it's doing the opposite. Like the yeah. briefcase to the head into a finisher, dude, Cena doesn't kick out of that. That's how, <laughs> that's how you beat Cena, right? That's historically right. that's how you beat super cena some sort of object leading into a finisher that's how you put down super cena and that didn't work against seth that's wild yeah it, it is so funny to me because when you mention it like that it almost other than the, other than the gender one it almost seems premeditated when you're like oh okay yeah well that that's a this the uh the Finn Balor story that makes perfect sense. That's a that's a great narrative. I wish they would have maybe waited, and that would have been the one that you know the title changed hands on. But I can't fault anything that's going on in WWE right now because everything has changed so drastically, so quickly. If you would have told us six months ago, hey, The Rock and CM Punk are going to be back in WWE for about Mania time, good luck. Yeah, you're insane. Yeah, no, you're you're just crazy. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. And so I can only imagine, like, sitting in the writing room, like, sitting in a writer's room personally, myself, like, you can lay stuff out. It wasn't like at OVW. At OVW, we knew who was going to be there every week. It wasn't like somebody was showing up crazy. And if it did, we could work that out. But when you have someone the caliber of CM Punk or The Rock to wrestling and they show up, it's kind of like tear up script. All right, dude, we'll, we'll figure it out. We got to write something new. And with Seth coming in, with Seth, sorry, with Seth's title run, I think that he's been good. But my problem, I think, I understand what you're saying with they're always beating him, but I think there's something a little bit more in depth to it. And I think that it's that Seth's character is very hard to define for me. I, if you were to say this is Seth Rollins, his character is he's a. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. You, you know what? You're actually making an excellent point. I could not describe Seth Rollins as a character to anybody. Right, and so that's that as. As coming from the writing world in wrestling, I understand that as if I'm writing a protagonist, I have or a babyface in this case, or a good guy, depending on where you're at with your wrestling journey, you have to write it in such a way that the audience can have something. I can grab onto that and be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I can emote with that. That's why the fans were so much into Finn Balor when he was gonna wrestle Seth. Everyone in their life has had that opportunity where you're like, man, I I, I did it. Something happened outside of my control, and I never got my shot again to do it again. We've all had opportunities. We let sl- sl- slip through our fingers from no fault of our own. At me as a person, oh, I got a million of them. I can I can see that in Finn Balor. I want Finn Balor to do that because I see that part of me in him. And Seth, I don't wear $3,000 red boots. I don't have the money to buy the clothes that he does. So for me, I just don't know, like, Okay, he's a fighting champion. He's a fighter. He's got fighting spirit. Yeah, no doubt about that. Okay, yeah, I get that. Like, I, I want to embody fighting spirit as well. But I think that worked with better with someone like John Cena. Where John, so you mentioned Super Cena earlier. He 
is that embodiment of strength and like I'm going to do the right thing because I'm the right person to do the right thing. Instead, he seems like, hey, I'm going to do the thing that's advantageous for me. And not saying like that as a person, but like as a character, he's going to cheat when he needs to cheat. He's going to do what he needs to do. But having him not as a defined character is a bit of an issue for me. And I think that I've, I've expressed that online. I think a lot of some people agree with it because when you ask him, like you said, uh, what's Seth do? He's the champion and he wrestles good. A good wrestler. That's what Seth Rollins is. It's a random side thought here, but hey, folks, welcome yeah. to Wrestling is Cool. Uh, this is just how things go. I, I just had this thought and I, I, I just want to hear your opinions. I think that John Cena ruined, by the way, I love John Cena. He's my favorite WWE superstar of all time. I should preface this uh, with, with that. I think that he single-handedly ruined last man standing matches and I quit matches. I feel like when you look at the timeline of wrestling before that Super Cena in the in the later Ruthless Aggression era, last man standing matches, I quit matches for the most part could be kind of 50 50 like the good guy could lose the bad guy could lose. And usually the good guy might lose because he just got absolutely decimated. Right. Yeah. I feel like once Super Cena came along, the only way for the heel to win those is just with the most craziest ways possible. For example, Finn Balor beating Edge by threatening to crush his wife's head in. Right. Or or the I that that was an I quit match or yeah. last man standing match. SummerSlam 2022 Brock Lesnar getting covered by 30 feet of furniture. I feel like feel like Cena started that. <laughs> Where he yeah. couldn't lose in a normal way in those types of matches because he was the never give up, right? And you can't you can't give up when you're John Cena if your entire mantra is never give up. So matches that require, quote, giving up kind of don't really suit that type of character to lose. No, it doesn't. You're no you raise a great point. You you know, I guess it would kind of if you think about it. An I quit match is like an Undertaker Hell in a Cell match. Like he's in his element, you know, like you don't don't go at don't take on Kane in an Inferno match. Uh, <laughs> don't go Cactus Jack in a hardcore match and don't take C or don't take John Cena in an I quit match. I mean, I Seems think simple. That, yeah, I think those are pretty simple, uh, pretty simple rules to live by. All right. Sorry for the sidetrack, folks, but we're back. I just needed to get that thought out of my head. Uh, so we're talking about Seth Rollins' reign. Where does it even end, right? Like, we're, I'm looking at the fact that there's a potential injury. We don't know the severity of the injury as of the recording of this video. This video will come out on free feeds on Friday, which likely means that the news will likely break by then and we'll know what the severity is. So just kind of keep that in mind as you listen to this conversation. Assuming... Yeah absolute best case scenario he's fine do we risk having seth appear at the rumble at elimination chamber or do we keep him rested healthy ready to go for the rumble match that we are probably gonna get which is cm punk seth rollins that's i think that's a that's a pretty logical assumption feel like that's one of the big money matches that you might not want to lose if you have a champion that's limping around right now See, that's the thing. I think they're in a precarious position. Do they run? Do they run the? Do they run CM Punk, Seth Rollins at Royal Rumble, or do you save it for Mania? I think that's a Mania level feud, no doubt. But how injured is Seth? How long does he? You know, obviously we're not sure. But if he's nagging injury hurt and you need to get the belt off him, and that's what you all wanted to do, you want to get it off on Punk. 
okay, do that. I understand. I much rather have that than have Seth go down, maybe do a vacant. I do have an idea if he is injured, but I would like to see him wrestle CM Punk. And ultimately, I'd like to see him win. I think that's the money story there. I know the knee-jerk reaction is to want to put that belt on Seth or put that belt on Punk. I think it needs to remain on Seth. And I think I think that's where uh, I think that's where the money in the bank cash in comes in. I think that Damian Priest is going to be your next WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Hmm. Hmm. Funnily enough, I have it here in our notes to talk about that absolute buffoon Damian Priest who can't seem to get a cash in going. Um, I say buffoon lovingly. Obviously, I love Damian Priest, but uh, I've been adding the, the term buffoon here because I feel like the money in the bank briefcase in this story that they've been running since like SummerSlam where in like the SummerSlam time, it was like the three stooges with the briefcase where they kept accidentally hitting each other with it. And now we have Drew McIntyre just seemingly coming out of nowhere for every single cash in. Mm -hmm. I think that this is starting to get a little bit, a little bit ridiculous to the point where, and Try and stick with me here. I'm not trying to be negative for the sake of being negative here. Somebody on my stream today asked me, when do you see Damian Priest cashing in? And I really thought of it. And my answer to them, I was like, I'm not trying to give you a cop-out answer. Right now, as it stands, the answer is I don't care. I just like don't care. The amount of times that they have teased this thing, the amount of times that it's failed, I've stopped caring. I feel like the gender match was like last straw. This is the last time that I'm, that I'm going to allow this buffoonery to continue to bamboozle me. It's a lot of weird words, buffoonery, bamboozling. Welcome to wrestling is cool. But like, I'm starting to just like not care. Yeah. I, I think it comes back to the writing aspect of it. When you think about, you have a group of individuals, the judgment day working together. I'm convinced that they don't watch wrestling because there's a group of a few individuals on SmackDown called the Bloodline, and they've successfully held it, helped held a title for over a thousand days. I don't understand why they just don't all show up. It's 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 just mind blowing to me. They're, you're bad guys. There's four of you. Mob up to Seth Rollins's <laughs> match, beat him up, pin him. I don't know. <laughs> it's a pretty easy formula. For- it seems to work for Roman Reigns, and it's just sometimes when you write heels, it's just like d- you wouldn't care. You would just you would run in there with your gang. You're a gang. I think that's what they're supposed to be, or like you know, a group of best friends. But just they're a clubhouse. Your, yeah, go get your homies. Go beat up Seth. Get a referee. Like bingo, bango. Twenty minutes tops. You could do it in the parking lot. It's anywhere you want. Heck, go meet him at go. He's at Chuck E. Cheese. Jump him in the ball pit. I don't care. It should have been done already. And the fact that Judgment Day, it makes him look incompetent. And I'm sorry, Damian Priest is not incompetent. Finn Balor, not incompetent. Our Truth, probably the most genius person in the whole group. JD McDonough, businessman. Bi- yeah, JD McDonough's got that big head. It's got big thoughts in it. And Rhea Ripley's. Uh, is a genius as well. So I just don't see how no one has ever said, what if we just like beat him up when he comes up the ramp? Like, what if we all just went out there with chairs and just beat the crap out of him about the head, legs and face. And then, um, we just pin him, right? Yeah. 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 Just do that. It's just, it's just mind blowing to me. It's yeah. I think you're asking too much, man. I think you're asking for logic, <laughs> you know, in yes. a world that is sometime devoid of it. 
I and I understand and I and I get that and I I have a pro I have a I understand the limitations I understand the storytelling what they're trying to do but it, sometimes you just make your people look like a goober and nobody looks good being a goober they, they just don't this is why I've been using the word buffoon that that's what yeah. you've been making them out to be now as a, as somebody that's written wrestling before I, I'd like to get your gauge on this because I've been seeing and and weirdly like I like it but I don't know if I'd like it in execution a world where a Damian Priest cash-in is successful in some way, shape, or form because of the help of our truth Somebody that has been trying to do everything to try and demonstrate that he's part of Judgment Day. I mean, in his mind, he's already in there. Is there a world where out of all of these chicaneries there's another big word for today that has happened in all these cash-ins where no one is able to properly help damian priest jd mcdonough has fumbled that thing a bunch of times dominic mysterio can't help but get claymored by uh by by uh drew mcintyre damian can't do it himself mom uh, rhea ripley couldn't get that thing in in the cage fast enough before randy orton could come out what if out of everyone the one guy that everyone is trying to reject that finally helps Damian Priest properly cash this thing in is our truth. So as a right as somebody that's written for wrestling shows, I'd be very curious to hear, you know, is there logic in that? Do you like it? Well, I'm curious. See, that's the thing. It's all on a spectrum. Like it's just some people are going to really rock with what you're doing. Some people just aren't. I've, I'm loving that idea. I would love the fact if our truth just showed up and he was just like they were like in the clubhouse and he's like, man, they're all just trying to figure it out in our truths. Like, well, we know where his locker room is. It says Seth Rollins on the door in big letters. Let's just go in there and beat him up. And then, like, they would be like, what are you talking about, Truth? I don't – he's – jump him. Let's just jump him. And it's just like, oh, oh, whoa. I would love him to bring – just have the most illogical person bring a little bit of logic in because I think that's hilarious because you're not seeing it out of our truth. I mean, he doesn't know what state he's in most of the time or city. That's kind of a funny gimmick. But just have him just say something logical, and they're like, "Wow, can't believe, uh, can't believe you never thought of that, JD." And then you just give JD a smack, you know. But uh, I think our truth could do it, or you just have him. I think if you comedy of errors it into it, it does fit the overall Judgment Day storyline because it has been a comedy of errors. And it would be very Judgment Day for them to just kind of back into it, like, "Oh, well, we did it. Great job, everybody." But I think also if you wanted our truth to show like a little bit of grit, like we, I mean, I don't know if you saw him as Ron Killings in TNA, mm -hmm. but like, or like Kate Quick back in the day, Kate just, Quick, just turn it up, just turn it up, just a little bit that edge on him, and I think our truth could have a renaissance career. Not to mention the guy's what he's in his fifties, looks like he's in his twenties, wrestles like he's in his like mid thirties. Dude's great. I think he's tremendous. So could it work for sure? Everything can work. I mean. Look at the Attitude Era. Most of that stuff you look at, like it worked back then. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's crazy. I see a lot of people um, with this rhetoric of saying, oh, they're just trying to do the whole Sami Zayn bloodline thing again with uh, R-Truth and Judgment Day. My reply to it is, so? You mean, you mean like they're trying to replicate one of the greatest WWE storylines of all time and we're mad about this? Why, why are we mad? If, if, they, can, if they can encapsulate 10% of how good the Sammy Uso stuff was into the R-Truth storyline with Judgment Day, like that's, that's a win for all of us as far as I see it. 100%. I agree wholeheartedly in that. 
with adding Sammy to the bloodline, that gave the bloodline a new lease on life. For me, a little bit stale. That wrinkle that they've added. Same with the Judgment Day. I see the discourse online. I see people. It's Monday Night Raw. You know what that means. We're starting with the Judgment Day every single week. Everything. It, the Judgment Day takes up a lot of time, but adding this comedic angle adds layers to it because, yes, they're overly serious, brooding group of buddies. But adding our truth in just it lightens the. Le- it's a little bit levity, and it makes sense because. Okay, at the end of it, when we watch them go out there and everyone just can't seem to figure out how to cash in a briefcase, it makes a little bit more sense. It's like, ah, they're just a bunch of goofballs. But I'm with it because if you're not, if you keep everything so serious all the time, it just gets to the point where you're like, can you just let up a little bit? Like, I don't. So I think adding our truth to it is going to keep the longevity of it. I think this gives them another couple of months without people really complaining. And our truth, anytime our truth is on my screen, wow, love it. Yeah. So more our truth. I think it's already paid dividends. I mean, not only merch wise. I mean, he's the biggest merch seller. The judge, he helped Top the judge. Two shirts. Yeah, until he comes out on Raw, he's got st- <laughs> cash. <laughs> he's like, here you go, buddy. I got you. It's so funny. It's I mean, wonderful. Yeah. And the the addition of our truth and like the augmented reality uh, judgment day thing that they've got for for their entrances was awesome what i will say you know like it's almost like divine intervention almost because the judgment day storyline and the judgment day as like these top heels ran a natural course at the end of survivor series and i like they were they were building up to that for months and they got their comeuppance they lost the big hero randy orton return judgment day was put down and i think it's very easy for when that happens when a heel runs their course and tells their story for them to maybe fall out of the limelight and stop being you know at the very top of the pecking order and i feel like that's where judgment day was going to end up going but this addition of our truth it's just like nope we're right back with a really interesting judgment day story so that you don't get tired of them just trying to do the same thing leading up to another culmination another survivor series war games type now we've got an individual inward story being told about judgment day it's such great timing our truth to me has really really I wouldn't even say the word is revitalized because they weren't they weren't stale necessarily, but has just added chapter two. Right. Yeah. When it when it could have just been a one chapter story, we got chapter two and I'm in. That's right. And I think that I think that leads to what uh, in writing characters, it's like, hey, if we're not all serious all the time. If you were to have someone on TV who's always serious and always brooding and always this, you'd be like, oh, God, this person is just exhausting to be around. But to show them like, hey, we can have some levity, we can have some lightness, we can have, you know, our truth doing our truth things. I think that adds so much more to the characters and it allows everyone to show their range. Um, yes, they can all do spooky and mean, but like, how can you do comedy? Can you? Because I think you can. I think they all can. I think, I think they all can. I think the Judgment Day. When you when we look back at this, we're gonna look at this faction. We're like, damn, there was a murderers row of people. Like they're all gonna be heavy hitters. I even think JD McDonough has a huge upside to him. I think that he's gonna be a name, a household name in not the too distant future. But the Judgment Day has, like you said, a little bit. I wouldn't say, like you said, chapter two. This is just adding a little bit of layer to it. And now we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, still rocking with the Judgment Day. So I think it's going to give them longevity, keep them up with the fans. And uh, I think our truth is 
is the catalyst for that. So, you know, who says our truth was, you know, I hear, I hear, I never really hear people talk about our truth as like a draw or anything, but damn, like, tell me he's not now number one merch mover just because he's kind of funny on television. Yeah. Um, quick sidebar there. You mentioned JD McDonough. That guy sells a clothesline. He'll sell anything like he just got shot in the back of a head by a 12 gauge. That man, I've never I've never even uttered the words of, oh, that guy can sell like Dolph Ziggler. That guy can sell like Dolph Ziggler. He he is so good. And when you have somebody like a J.D. McDonough that's so good at making moves look deadly by association, you're making your opponent look fantastic as well. Those super kicks that DIY was landing on him uh, in the most recent episode of Raw's of the recording of this video looked deadly. They look like Attitude Era Shawn Michaels super kicks because JD McDonough yep. is selling his ass off. So uh, just a little of a, of a JD McDonough appreciation commentary there that I wanted to toss out. Any thoughts on, on JD before we move on? I was sold on J.D. McDonough at Survivor Series. I'm a little late to the party on J.D. McDonough, but watching him take that RKO off the top of the cage, I mean, you think about it. It's it's just a, not to go too inside baseball, but it's a flat stomach bump. You're just, the only way you can take the RKO, flat, arms to your side, and you're just landing on your tummy. You're landing on your tummy and your chest, and that hurts. It doesn't matter. People want to say, like, the wrestling, oh, it's springy, it's got cushion. It's not. I mean, it does. Look, really what I'll say it is hurts. do what you just said in water. That shit yeah, hurts. No, <laughs> absolutely hurts. not. Yeah, if I sat up, I've I've had to put a camera on top of a steel cage before at OBW and just being up there because we had a guy who's going to jump off it. I'll, if We can go into that a little bit later if you're interested. Uh, but getting up there, it's shaky. It's moving. I mean, it's, it's a chain link fence, but it's one of these instances that you're like, you look down, you're like, Oh, it's no, it's it's impossible. Why would you do this? You're an insane person. Like, there's no reason to do this, but for some reason, that's why wrestling's cool. And people are, and there's just people who are just like, dude, I can't wait to dive off of that for these people's entertainment. They're gonna pop so big, and that's what I love. It's just JD McDonough. You don't do that stuff unless you have passion for the business, and passion for the business goes so far with me. That's the thing I love about wrestlers. If you love wrestling, like. Not to go a negative way, the NIL deal, we're going to bring in a lot of college athletes who are uh, going to learn professional wrestling. I still want those people who have loved wrestling every day, who didn't go to college, who went to wrestling school, who did the indies work. Those people have passion, and passion is something you cannot replace on screen. If you don't have passion for the business, it shows. It just absolutely shows. And I'm not saying these people can't have passion for the business. You can you just may not know it's you something have different. Like when you hear the story of MJF immediately out of high school or going right into wrestling, it's like, yeah, you could tell that's a diehard fan. That's somebody that wanted to do this. It didn't just land on this. Like some of the, the college athletes, which again, no disrespect to them. We see some no. fantastic, uh, some fantastic college athletes, like the Tiffany Stratton's of the world, learning the business real freaking quick. And we need those people as well, but you're right. There is this, uh, je ne sais quoi about people like that, right? Like the people that this is what I want to do. And if this fails, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. (laughs) Right. And I think that, I think that we see that as wrestling fans and we respect it because it's like, it's something that was told to me by Al Snow in, in OVW. And I'll remember this forever because it completely changed the way that I think about professional wrestling. Uh, we were chatting with the wrestler who was in there and I said something and the wrestler made an offhanded comment. He said, oh, you Mark. And like, 
okay, ha, we kind of, you know, we trade that back and forth. But Al, Al looked at this guy and he goes, he goes, we're all marks here. Some of us just went to professional wrestling school. But if you're not a mark for this business, I don't know what to tell you. And that's the thing I love about pro wrestling is everyone, it, from the, the lighting guys, the sound guys, the wrestlers in the ring, to the fans in the arena, everybody loves this thing. And that's what's so cool about it. It's it, and that's what the pa- that's why the passion means so much to me. But we're all marks because we all love wrestling. I mean, some of us watch it from the stands. Some of us make content about it, and some of us went as far to go be a professional wrestler. Which, hey, I, I, if that's not being a mark, I don't know what yeah. is either. <laughs> so I mean, I was gonna ask you why do you think that wrestling is cool, but I feel like it kind of. You, you kind of gave us the, the, the spiel there. Um, but I mean, I'll ask it to you in case you want to word it in a different way. Cause I was actually supposed to ask you this at the beginning of the show. Welcome to wrestling is cool. We have no professionalism here. Uh, Michael, why is wrestling cool to you? I think it's multifaceted. I think that wrestling has something for everybody. And if you haven't watched professional wrestling yet, or you're just waiting to, there's something for you. Do you like high fantasy, like elves and stuff? Man, we can find you something. Like, that's that's cool. Do you like epic stories? We got you there. Do you like love angles? We got you there. Do you like action in the ring? Uh, do you like sp- like good oratory speeches, things of that nature? There's something for everyone in pro wrestling. doesn't matter. Like, it could be WWE, New Japan. It could be AEW. be MLW. Any of these companies. I guarantee you, you tell me something you like, I'll find you something for it in wrestling. Do you like uh do you like uh science fiction? You want uh you want undead zombies? Man, we got two of those. One in the <laughs> 90s of the Undertaker and we got a new one. She wrestles at AEW. We got literal zombies. Hey, the, the zombie we got match. You. We got the zombie match. Don't forget Extreme Rules 2020. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, you want you want shoddily done brand integration? We got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that it, zombies match is fascinating. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> So the thing is about pro wrestling, and this is, I think that pro wrestling is an art. I think it's the closest thing that anyone's going to get to watching weekly live theater. And I think that that is such a cool experience that when you think about it, I mean, it's essentially what it is. There's a stage show, there's an audience, they go in, they do their stuff, they pack up and they leave. It's just like a touring act of any Broadway show going to your town. But there's narrative stories that it continues. To have a live narrative story, I mean, it's so interesting to me because the stuff that, like you said earlier, the stuff that plays on the internet doesn't play in Nebraska. It doesn't play in Omaha. It just, it just doesn't. But there's so many different levels to this, that there's stuff that's going to work for Omaha, Nebraska, that's going to work for New York City, that's going to work for the smarkiest internet fan there is. There's going to be something for you. So I don't care if you're a casual or a diehard fan. There's going to be something for you there. And speaking of those diehard fans, I think kind of the fandom sometimes is a reason that people could get into it. I think wrestling is going to be the most interesting. How is it not the most interesting sport or entertainment in this social media landscape? You think about TikTok, you think about Instagram and Twitter. All of these wrestlers have these things, and they're giving you supplemental contact. Look at Drew. Look at Drew McIntyre. What he's doing with his TikTok. He's giving you supplemental contact. He's cutting promos against CM Punk. Oh, you're not there. You're not here. Blah blah blah. Like, could you imagine watching Game of Thrones and then getting on social media and there's like a little extra bit from Jon Snow. He's like, I'm really gonna give it to the Night King tonight. Wham. You know that would be so cool. And you can interact with these people. And a lot of them they interact as characters. Like, look at MJF. Like. <laughs> 
I don't think he's like that in real life. I think he's probably an absolute sweetheart to everybody else. But it's something about the wrestling fans and the wrestling community. We look at him and you're like, man, he has no redeeming qualities. I love him. You yeah. know, it's just so it's so interesting to me that we can we can have these connect these a lot of parasocial relationships with folks on the internet can go south as we've seen, but to be able to have your TV show, you're connected to it at all times. Like pro wrestling Twitter, pro wrestling uh, TikTok, you're not only connected with the, the world and the people around you because there's a strong internet fans. I mean, obviously, if you're probably watching this, probably an internet fan. If you're not, there's how'd you make it this far? I'm really proud of you. Welcome to pro wrestling. Wrestling is cool. Uh, but I would say that there is nothing quite like it. I mean, of course, you can see things on like think about NBA. Somebody does something in the game and they tweet about it and it goes viral. OK, well, that's going to happen every single week. There's going to be someone's going to say something like it's going to happen after every show and you get connected with these folks. So I just love the fact that there's that level of connection between essentially characters and the audience that they portray. It's not like Iron Man's tweeting at Marvel fans, but good Lord, CM Punk will tweet at you. Yeah. I mean, wonderfully put, honestly, man. Like, I love asking that question to people because it's different for everybody else. Yeah. Um, and it's the reason why I call this podcast Wrestling is Cool rather than what most post podcasts do, which is they take like a like an insider wrestling term and try and make a podcast name out of it busted open radio, right? Things like that. Obviously no shot yeah. towards uh, those podcasts. But like when I was thinking of podcast names, I was like, nah, I don't want to go like try and be smarky with like these industry terms. Like what is the best way that I describe wrestling to people? And it's always just been like, dude, like wrestling is just cool. And you got yeah. you get You just got to give it a chance. It's so cool. And that's why the podcast is called wrestling is cool. However, one of my favorite times of the year, the coolest time of the year for me as a wrestling fan is the Royal rumble. Uh, we don't have too much here uh, when it comes to topics for Royal rumble, but we got like more so a, a little bit of rapid fire questions. So uh, we both came with a surprise entrant or debut uh, that's going to appear at the rumble. Do we have evidence? No. You want evidence? Go somewhere else. This is the Wrestling is Cool podcast. We have no sources. We have nothing. All right. It's just nerds talking about wrestling. I'll go first. Hopefully I didn't steal yours. Actually, you go first because I might have stolen yours. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Let's pull in the speculation station here. I have someone that I think it's a return and a debut. All in one. I think we bring back. No, nay, not bring back. We debut Matt Cardona. You mother effer, that was mine. <laughs> hey, great, great minds think alike. If only I could have hair as good as you. Hey, I'm telling you, Matt Cardona would be the man. And I, I want him to come back as Matt Cardona. I want him to forsake Zack Ryder, come back as Matt Cardona, and do the same thing he's doing. Put him in the upper mid card. Look, I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying put the world heavyweight title on. Don't need to. Don't, 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 don't need, need to. to. Yeah. But you know who could have a killer IC title run? Matt Cardona. Like, you talk about, and, and I think that it's, it's a proper time because you look at WWE is playing those videos before Cody matches to show, like, hey, Cody left. Did his own thing, became a bigger name, and came back. That's the story they're telling. That story can be told with other people. And I think Zack Ryder, a.k.a. Matt Cardona, is the perfect guy mm -hmm. to do it. And, I, you know, so why not? Why not bring back him? I, do, what do you, so you, you wrote, you had the same idea. Do you want him to come back as Cardona, or do you want him to come back as Ryder? 
I mean, I would prefer Cardona. I wouldn't blame the WWE from like a copyright side of things uh, to go with Zack Ryder. So I'm not necessarily married to the Cardona. I would like it if it was Cardona. I just want to see that guy in the WWE. The reason I went, yeah, yeah, the the reason I went with him. And again, this is all just like me connecting my my conspiracy dots. The last like two maybe three, I might be mistaken in years, Royal Rumbles, Matt Cardona just plays on people's emotions that I might be at the Rumble. Oh, I'm in the city. I might be there. This year, silence. None of that. In fact, Mm. the opposite, saying I have a match with Nick Namath, formerly known as Dolph Ziggler, three, four, five days after the Royal Rumble. Kind of telling people, don't even think about it. It's not going to happen. Now, there is a world because a lot of people are like, well, then he can't be in, in WWE if he's in GCW. Who says he can't? Who says he has to make a full-blown debut return back to the WWE? It could be a one-off appearance like a Nia Jax yeah. to come back later. I think he's trying to bamboozle us and trying to take mm-hmm. us off the scent by, by for the first time ever, not making any of these references that he's going to be in the Rumble doing the opposite, telling us that he's not like in the Chris Van Vliet uh, interview and telling the world that he's got a match after the Royal Rumble. I think he's playing us. I think he knows if there is a mark that is a wrestler, it is Cardona. He knows how this world works and he is playing us like a fiddle. I think I think for him, it's one of these instances like could you like, oh, I have a I have a match before. Well, Dude, you're a heel in GCW. They hate you. Could you imagine the worst thing you could do is just like, oh, just no show. Like, and just and then they can have a, uh, you know, impromptu match with Nick Nimitz. I don't think that's a real GCW issue. If they're selling that as the main event, obviously don't do that. But if it's kind of like, hey, here's an additional match and you're putting it in the card, that's fine. I think he could, note, quote unquote, no show it. Get him a lot of heel heat in GCW for maybe his inevitable comeback. But yeah, one night off. I honestly, I'll be honest with you. Didn't think about that, but that is a great shout that you did with Nia Jax because you're right. Bring Cardona back. Woo-woo, you can even hit him with the woo-woo-woo. Crowd's going to go crazy. Just have him produce like the Cardona look. Don't give him the spiky hair, no fist pumps. You know, move past that. But yeah, I think if you bring him back for one night, oh, I think if you bring him back for one night, it's not going to just be one night, though. I think that there's going to be other conversations that's like, hey, Matt, how many more dates do you have currently booked? Could you not book any more dates after that one? Because I think the universe is ready for Cardona to come back. I mean, always that's ready. My, that's, he is always ready, but that's, I guess, I guess I got to try to think about what is his extent into casual wrestling fans? Do the casual fans know about him? I would imagine so with his podcast, uh, you know, the guys all over social media. So yeah, I think that he's got enough buzz. Bring him back. Like worst case scenario, bring him back for a year. Doesn't work out. Hey, he'll enjoy it. That's for sure. In terms of the rumbles this year, I mm-hmm. especially when I look at the women's rumble, one kind of gripe that I've had historically with women's rumbles is that they just haven't had enough women to fill out the rumble. And by women, I mean active wrestlers, which right. means that we get 10, sometimes even more one-off legend returns per women's rumble match and you know they're not winning okay like look molly holly all respect you you're not winning this this is a year where the women's division across raw smackdown i even include main event here because main event has really 
blossomed, not necessarily as a TV show you might want to watch, but as a feeding system to the main right. roster, like Xia Li, um, how she was working main event for a while. And then, of course, NXT. I think this could be one of the first rumbles that there are little to no legends returning for the women's side of things because like, it's stacked. The women's division is stacked. The men's division is ridiculously stacked. So I have a question on here that I want us to, to run through real quick. Could this actually be the most stacked set of Royal Rumble matches ever? Yeah, I th so we I was with a buddy the other night on Friday and we watched the um uh I forget the Royal Rumble it was the Royal Rumble it ended was oh my gosh Who won? blanking it was uh, uh Kurt Angle I believe no, no it was 2000 no 2004 2005 anyways this this Royal Rumble had Rock Austin Big Show Kurt Angle all in the end and granted when you look back at it huge names but this feels bigger like i i've i've been having this conversation with our group chat today and my group chat was like this one feels huge this one like look at everyone who's back like you're good like the rock is he coming to be at the royal rumble i don't know is cm punk gonna win it or is the rock gonna win it? or is cody gonna win it it's so stacked in the options that we have in the last couple of years it's always kind of felt like okay it's this guy like when cody came back it, foregone conclusion obvious right and that's fine. I don't mind some because sometimes when you write stories, what may be the most obvious story is the best story. The, what because I always some, say to that, sorry, to, it, my, my no, saying is always no. sometimes it is OK for two plus two to equal four. We don't have to that's get it. complex with it. That's right. There, uh, that's uh, that's a thing. The Internet, it's it's that minority of the Internet wrestling community is like, oh, I saw it coming. I saw it coming. Well, good. If you saw it coming, that means they were telling a good story all the way through and you got where you needed to go. I love that. But a lot of times you're like, oh, it's swerve. I want to swerve. I want to swerve. Swerve me, swerve, bro. Swerve. And it's like, right. It's like, no, we can't always do that because then our story making decisions that we've written through X, Y, and Z. And then you get to the end. It's kind of like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Sometimes you're like, oh, all this makes sense. And then aliens. Yeah. Vince aliens. Russo, Vin, yeah. Vince Russo-isms. Yeah. No, it's exactly, <laughs> it's exactly right. It's shock TV. And it's, it worked at the time because that's where we were. And the 90s is, the 90s are dead and gone. They're never coming back. We need better stories. And WWE has so many stories. I was talking to, with a friend today about it. Like, you got Seth, uh, or sorry, you got, uh, you got Drew, you got Cody, you got Punk, you got Rock. You got all of these huge names, just nebulous around the Royal Rumble. And it's like, I don't know who's going to win. That's... I legitimately have no idea. And that's what's so exciting about wrestling sometimes. It's like you can put on your logical hat and think about X, Y, and Z. But then you're just like, sometimes you're like, I don't know. I truly do not know. And that's when wrestling is cool for me. That's also when they can screw it up, though. I always find that <laughs> like when it's up in the air, I'm like, you could you yeah. could knock this out of yeah. the park. You could actually do something so cool, but you could just as easily fuck this up right now. So I'm a little bit nervous in that regard, but I feel a little bit better about things with it being Triple H. I feel like he for the most yeah. part, has done a pretty darn good job in terms of the yes. booking decisions that he's done. Um, but I'm of the mind that this is the most stacked professional wrestling Royal yes. Rumble set of all time. I think this is the most stacked women's Rumble. Uh, it, like you said, I think it's up there. I think it was 2001, 2002, that Royal Rumble that was absolutely stacked. Yeah. I think it might have been the one that Triple H won. Uh, it was. Yeah. That was it. It was like that's an era of professional wrestling that we've been clamoring to try and get to we want a lot of the hardcore fans are like how do we get back there 
And I think slowly without realizing we've sort of just got there. And yeah, yeah. It, it took almost like a decade of struggling through the 2010s. You know, there was some yeah. real nasty, bad stuff in terms of professional wrestling during those times, took the pandemic, but then just all of a sudden things started clicking and we are in a renaissance period of professional wrestling. I always tell people, you know, it's, it's not a super deep quote. I completely stole this from the office, but maybe try and realize that, try and recognize that you're in the good old days before the good old days are done. And yeah. I, th I think right now, 10 years from now, we're going to look at this stretch of two, three years as the good old days. Cause I think it's, it's just the world that we're in right now in terms of professional wrestling. I'm not even talking outside of WWE cause that's a whole different thing. How stacked the world of professional wrestling is period. But this right. rumble, the, the names that could potentially be in it, the potential surprise returns, the debuts of people like Jade Cargill, Andrade making may, maybe making an appearance. That's Love insane. It. When you compare it to even just like the, how predictable the 2022 Royal Rumble was where there was like nothing. All right. of a sudden, things have just exploded and we are in a renaissance period of professional wrestling and the Rumble roster that we're assuming at least that's going to be in the match, I think demonstrates that no better than anything else right now. 100%. There's no other, like, you, you've, you've hit the nail right on the head with it. It is a renaissance. Like, among when, we, when I was growing up in the Attitude Era, I didn't know how good we had it. Like with WCW and the Attitude Era, everything was, everyone was so good. It was money. Obviously, when you look back on it, taste change, wrestling changes, that's fine. But right now, I feel like, I feel like we're there. We're on this precipice of something. As long as the, as long as competition stays good, as long as AEW stays good, as long as TNA stays good, as long as WWE stays good, I think that we are on to something. I think wrestling is going to, you know, Jeff Jarrett said there's going to be a wrestling boom in the 2010s. Okay, Jeff Jarrett said a lot of things, but this, he might've just been off a decade because this could be it. Most definitely. Think how good everything is right now with, with all the options that you have. Mm -hmm. Fans are being served. I don't care what type of wrestling. Do you like strong style Japanese wrestling? We got you, New Japan. Do you like deathmatch wrestling? GCW's got you covered or, uh, you know, uh, any, one, any number of those ones. You want, uh, you want great sports entertainment with long narrative stories? WWE's got you. Uh, you want good in-ring action, AEW is where you want to be. There's so many good things right now. It's just hard to think, like, what could you want as a wrestling fan? Why are we complaining about things? What do you want? What more do you physically want out of wrestling right now? It's so good. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe it's just a thing that, like, when you become a wrestling fan, that is the day that you become forever unsatisfied. <laughs> it's just possible that that might be. It's like when you start working out, that is the day you became forever not in good enough shape because you're always trying to improve. Maybe that's a case with wrestling fans where like, we're just yeah. always looking for it to be better. And when we think it could be better, we just whine and bitch about it. But I yeah, know. I mean, that's going to happen with fandoms and I get that, but it's right now. I, I think you're, I think you hit the nail on the head. Realize that you're in the good old days right now mm -hmm. because I don't know what kind of stars are going to be in the future things are changing drastically in the wrestling business every single day. But right now it's killer. Mm -hmm. It's just, it just is. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't think other than there's some blemishes with certain promotions in certain areas. There always will be. There's room for improvement. I get that. But right now I just think it's so good. 
All right, before we wrap up the Royal Rumble topic, I want you to give me one dark horse to potentially win it. So I don't want to hear like Punk, Cody, you know, like the guys that are like the quasi favorites. Yeah. Who Who's your dark horses for the men's and the women's? For the men's, give me gender, or not gender, I'm oh, sorry, okay. gender, <laughs> brain, gender on the brain. I'm just, I'm just, just so uh, much genderism right now. He, he's so vascular. <laughs> um, no, uh, give me Walter. Give me Walter. I think that he has done good. I think he would be a legitimate f- a challenger to any of the titles. If, I honestly think, honest, on, if he, I think The Rock is going to face Roman, but if they were, Walter wins and Walter says, I want the tribal chief. Oh, damn. Take my money. Take my oh, money. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just there. Like, Roman, I, I haven't seen you got get chopped 900 times in an hour, but I'm going to enjoy watching it. Absolutely. All right. And for the women's? The women's? Um, I want to see. I think it's going to be Bailey. I don't know if that's a dark horse or oh, not. Oh, that's not a dark horse. That's a favorite, my man. That I is think, definitely a I favorite. Know. I think Bailey. I think it is going to go Bailey. But if we're going to go dark horse, you know, you said don't get, you said we wouldn't have any, not too many women's legends. What did AJ Lee come back? You couldn't tell me AJ Lee wouldn't put some butts in some seats. Oh my God, she would. That, that, that was actually one of my picks. I think AJ Lee is, is, is a potential. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have her as a favorite, but if she shows up, I think uh, she'd be an interesting dark horse for me in the men's side of things. I didn't have him originally as as a potential to win, but after the most recent episode of SmackDown as of the making of uh, of this podcast, that little short interaction with Paul Heyman made me think that maybe it's Bobby Lashley. That there is a world where it's Bobby Lashley in the Street Profits versus the Bloodline cuz Bobby Lashley is like weirdly one of those like gaps in Roman's career uh, when it comes to yeah. like his uh, being the tribal chief. Because we had the opportunity for Roman versus Bobby Lashley at Survivor right. Series champion versus champion, but Big E won the championship and we never got to see Roman, the tribal chief versus Bobby Lashley. A lot of people, when they say, I want Roman to win because I want to see him feud with X, Y, and Z, a lot of people name Bobby Lashley. So let's say it's a world where they want to save Cody for a different WrestleMania, for a different moment, because they want Roman to surpass uh, Hulk Hogan. Sure. Maybe they, rather than having him beat Cody again, somebody else. It ends up being a Bobby Lashley program, which I think would be pretty cool. Bobby Lashley, the best dressed man in the WWE. I wouldn't put it past them to, to, to for him to be a, a dark horse, uh, a dark horse candidate, shall we say. You know, you talk about Bobby Lashley being sharply dressed. That man comes on television. He has a presence. And that's something, you know, as as there was a guy a long time ago who said, you can't teach that. And when he shows up on screen, you stop. He's got star power. He looks fantastic. The way he dresses, the way he carries himself, the way he speaks. He looks intimidating. I believe Bobby Lashley as a champion at any time. I mean, he was he was Army Ranger or something that he was in. He's in the military. He's military. yeah, he's military. He's just, he did shoot fighting in uh, Bellator. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, if somebody, it doesn't matter what's going on with Bobby Lashley. He shows up. I, I put him as like Brock Lesnar level in in my mind at some points. Not all the way up there, but like, yeah, he's a legit tough guy, and I buy him being a challenger. I buy him every time he's in the ring. There's no reason why he shouldn't win. My, uh, I agree. My women's dark horse. 
I don't. Th- I think it's gonna. I think they're gonna have a title match, but I think it's gonna be at Elimination Chamber for the title against Rhea. Mm-hmm. But she's been impressing the ever living hell out of me. I was incredibly critical of her return. Nia Jax. I have been yeah. incredibly pleased with her work. The match that she recently had with Becky Lynch was un incredibly good for a free Monday night raw match. Uh, She has a scary aura about her. Uh, I don't think that she is going to win, but if I'm going to pick a dark horse, give me me Nia Jax. Heck yeah. I think, I mean, Nia Jax, I think that's a hoss fight waiting to happen. Her and Rhea Ripley. I think that would be a hell of a match. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, there's a reason why this podcast is called wrestling is cool because we just love wrestling. We think that wrestling is cool and we like to geek out about it. So today, not just today, we always have the is cool segment of the week. I'll go first uh, just to give you some time there to, to prep your is cool segment of the week. This is our opportunity to geek out about something that happened in professional wrestling and to tell you guys why we thought it was cool. Ludwig Kaiser has impressed the ever living hell out of me. This is a guy that I always felt was missing, like mm-hmm. was, was missing one Lego block for me to like be on board with him because I felt like, dude, this, this guy looks like a million bucks. He is a great heel mic worker. He just has this such, such a unique cadence and such a unique voice. And I felt there was something missing. I couldn't tell you what it was because at the end of the day, I'm just a fan. I'm not some expert. And then he showed me what was missing. And it was the brutal borderline sadistic beatdown of Kofi Kingston. And that brutal, nasty fight that he was having with Xavier Woods. Mm -hmm. Not only was I thinking something was missing, clearly in story-wise, so did Gunther. Because Gunther gave him like the proud papa hug. Like, that's that's my guy. That's my Ludwig guy. That's my boy. (laughs) And I felt the same way. And so I'm just so happy that a guy like Ludwig Kaiser that's been put in work from his time in NXT UK, black and gold, um, now here on the main roster, has finally flicked the switch on the thing that we all or a lot of us thought that he was missing, even if we Mm -hmm. didn't know what that thing was. I think we saw it. I think that we saw a glimpse of a potential main event heel worker five, six, seven, eight years down the line. And just going to throw it out there. I would love to see a storyline now with Ludwig where there is a almost like Jey Uso Roman Reigns dissension where Gunther Mm -hmm. has to put down Ludwig to remind him that Gunther is still the dad in this relationship. So I'm excited for the outlook for Ludwig Kaiser. So that's why this week Ludwig Kaiser is cool. Ludwig Kaiser is cool, man. I, I'm with you 150% on that. He was just missing that little bit, and I could it was the, the intangible. And sometimes you can put a finger on it, and sometimes you're just kind of like, I, mm, I don't know what it was. It wasn't clicking, but watching him have that mean streak was one of those instances where you're just like, oh, there you go. I get it. Yep, we're there now. And I think it's off to the races for him. I think as long as he continues that, if he can show that kind of heat and passion in his matches because that was kind of the thing with them they were they were with um imperium they were kind of straight laced very like like we're in check in charge of everything and we can control our emotions and we can use that to like beat the hell out of you but like having that like that anger that aggression that shows like i mean not to say we all have that in us but like that idea of like 
oh, we all could snap and we all can like look at him and like, oh yeah, he's doing it. Like I, I, I feel that. Like you can only go with so much. So I think that Ludwig Kaiser is cool. All right. You know what, what I think? What do you think is cool? Right now, I think, and and I'm not trying to put over the name of the podcast. I think wrestling is cool right now. Ooh. Now we it's right now. It's the hottest it's been in a long time. We are on the precipice of something huge, I feel. It's just all these stars are in alignment, whether it's the, the increased social media presence. Uh, you know, what CM Punk broke the social media record for WWE. A week or so later, The Rock did the same thing. You want to tell me that wrestling's not hot? You want to tell me wrestling is, is not on the way up? Well, why is everybody talking about it? I think right now is the time to jump in both feet to the wrestling community. If you are wrestling curious, you need to get in here. The water's <laughs> fine. And that's something that I'm trying to I'm trying to push this idea because as fans, we can be a bit abrasive sometimes to new folks. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, you haven't been watching or you didn't know that this happened in 1973 at Barry a house Gatekeeper-ish. show? Barry right. Gatekeeper-ish. Right. And it's one of these instances that just drives me nuts because it's like, we will not build new fans if you keep acting like this. So I'm trying to, I want to bring everybody into the fold. Like my goal this year is to create one new wrestling fan and that's it. Because if you can create a new wrestling fan, you can bring that into somebody's life and hopefully it affects them for the best. But wrestling right now is cool. I don't care what professional wrestling company you like. I don't. If you, all wrestling is good wrestling. If it's your local indie fed, and it's two guys that having a brothered out for trading forearms in a in a battle royal. Great, go support it. WWE comes to town. AEW comes to town. Go see it. There's nothing quite like live professional wrestling. It's just nothing like it in the world. Go support your local. Support the traveling shows coming to your town. Just go. Take a friend. I I that's my call to action to everyone this year. And you have a great following here. Just think of all the people that follow you, Santi, and they just say, I'm going to take one of my friends to a local show. If you can, if you have the ability, great. Do that if you can this year. Get them to go to one show because if you do, I think you're going to make a fan. And I think your friend's really going to like it. Folks, I can't think of a better way to end the show. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell us, what are you working on these days? What do you want to pimp out to the audience? Where can they find you? Yes, yes, I'm trying I mean, I'm trying to grow up and be like you, man. I promise. Uh, I am on so I'm on social media and right now I'm really trying to pump the YouTube up right now. I'm doing wrestling stories. I'm telling, you know, hey, if you don't know a lot about the Young Bucks, I got something for you. Here's I got a whole I got a 10 minute video that explains you the young bucks from their start to now to catch you up because right now I want to make new fans. So we have that over on our YouTube channel, which is YouTube dot or which is uh, YouTube. It's at suplex media. We're at, at, sorry, we're at suplex underscore media on all socials and YouTube as well. Uh, we have a game shows. Uh, we have a show called you Mark where we're going to bring in, you know, you, you mentioned those industry terms. I did that same one for one of my shows. So we have uh, we have trivia shows. So if you want to learn more about wrestling and some of the weird ways wrestling touches our world, whether we have questions about movie wrestlers and movies, wrestlers and video games and that of the like, um, we are also putting out. Um, I'm going to be putting out a video this week. Uh, hopefully by the time that this drops, it'll be on my channel. It's going to be something about wrestling being cool. It's exactly what we talked about today. 
why is wrestling so hot? Why is it on the precipice of being the biggest thing in 2024 and why wrestling actually should be at the top of the cards of things that you're going to bring into your life in 2024? Folks, make sure to check the description for any of that. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wrestling is Cool. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to leave this a like. If you're listening on audio services, wherever it is, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, just double check. Usually there's like a review feature. If it's like five stars, hook us up. If you listen this far into the podcast, like you probably liked it, you nerd. Yeah. So like give it a five star. Just, I'm sorry for being so abrasive, but please consider leaving us a review. I'd appreciate it. Uh, Patreon.com slash app if you want more content. Take care, be wonderful people and go do something nice for somebody. Take care, everybody. Take care. Hey folks, hopefully you enjoyed that episode of Wrestling is Cool. This episode was made possible thanks to the patrons, specifically the patrons at the $15 tier who are the producers of this show. So thank you very much to Abel Rodriguez, Ben Calloway, Ben Manlove, Blake, Buxo, CB, Cody Cook, Connor Williamson, Ernie Mack, Gavin Alves, Jonathan Daly, Lil Shifu, Mason Lott, Monte Moore, Nicholas Kyle, Owen Miller, Papaya King 98, Reese Dowd, Rodolfo Reyes, Super Malachi Galaxy, Two Crown, Wesley Simpson, Xavier Izquierdo, Yellow Wonton, Zergzito. Thank you very much for supporting the show the way that you have. It's the way I'm able to do this on a full-time basis. So I appreciate the extra support.